Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. And now, it's time for the Scores Draft Preview Special. Starring Score NFL expert and former player, Anthony Harris. Former Bears head coach, Dave Wanstead. And former Bears long-snapping Ironman, Patrick Manolik. Brought to you by Revolution Solar. Proud partner of the Chicago Bears. On Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. The conversation has already begun here. We're trying to get Parkins and Spiegel out of the way because they are picking brains and Wani's telling stories. You got three hours of us here tonight on Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, Anthony Heron, Patrick Manley, the coach, Dave Wanstead here with you until 9 p.m. tonight. Show is locked and loaded with some of the best guests in the industry as we are just, I mean, by the time we're off the air tonight, we're going to be like three days before the NFL draft. So like around this time, Thursday evening, we're all going to be lathered up. We're all going to be prepared, whether we're sitting in front of our televisions or, you know, tailgating, whatever you're going to be doing. If you go down to Kansas City, you're going to be preparing, being moments away from the start of the first round of the NFL draft and our foray into figuring out what is Ryan Poles doing with the number nine pick. Patrick Manley, Coach Weinstead with me this evening. Patrick, man, how hyped are you for what we're going to see? I'm excited. You know, they've got 10 picks this year, and I was talking earlier. You know, we've been here earlier. We were talking that I feel like right now the Bears situation with a new president, you know, a youngish quarterback, kind of a new GM and a new coach that we're in like a new era, and I'm excited. I feel fresh again. With these 10 picks that he has, maybe he turns that into 14. I don't know what he's going to do, trade down, pick, take somebody at nine, but I'm just excited to see the direction the Bears go in. And I think they're in a really healthy situation. We've talked all offseason about trading the number one pick, having all this cap money, and I feel like he's done some great moves. But Thursday night is the night to see if this direction that I want him to go into really comes forward. Coach, I don't know if it's more likely right now that Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus, if there's more likely butterflies at this point, or do you think there, there's, there should be a level of confidence that you've done your work and so just however the board falls is how it's going to fall. Is this Does this feel like going into a game where those butterflies might exist going into a draft? You know, that, that's a good an analogy at, because regard, you know, you're prepared going into a game, and until you the kick off and the ball's in the air, you're still feeling it. And, and that's how it is with the draft. I mean, it's, it, you, you know, you, you have all your scenarios. You really feel like the player is going to be there that you're going to pick. You feel good about everything. Um but but there's still that that anxiousness because things do change and uh, 
you know, they crazy things happen when you're on the clock. I mean, I got a thousand <laughs> stories. I mean, we we made more trades our first year at the Dallas Cowboys. We made more trades in one year than what the entire NFL made in the previous five. Wow. So, uh, yeah, how much time have we got and how many stories? <laughs> you, you guys are the boss. I'm just sitting down here at third base and uh, – uh, just let me know what uh, I'm going to keep firing questions off. That. <laughs> yeah. All right, so this well, week I, you're I, talking I, about, you know, uh, butterflies going into game day for a GM. What's it like at Hallis Hall or different places you've been this last week? How much change is going on in that draft board? How much discussion, uh, a change of information, change of ideas? How much of that is going on? Well, you, you got to be careful that, you know, the boards are set and, and the way every draft room is set up is you, you'll take it and you'll list all the, the, the quarterbacks from one to whatever, how many quarterbacks you have on your draft board. And then you'll, you'll go for offensive tackles and then guards and centers all the way across the board. So you got one board with, with the grades and the uh, listed by position. And then you have another board where it's just one to what are there? 250, 260 players, whatever it is in the draft, including the uh, compensatory picks, whatever that number total is. And then you have another board set, one through whatever. Mm -hmm. Now, a lot of this is usually the difference. A lot, a couple things happen. One uh, is the GM doing all the picking himself, which is done. Is the head coach doing all the picking himself? Is it a combination between both? Uh, That separates it a little bit. And then some philosophies are take the best player available. And I had Jimmy Johnson call in uh, with Molly and Haw last week. And I think it was David Haw said, hey, coach, you know, the best player of it. And Jimmy says, no, don't, don't. You know, the best player, I always looked at it this way. Who's the best player in my mind for what I need? That's who I'm drafting. I don't care what everybody else says. This is the best player. I know what I need. Who's the best player? So we we kind of went from the philosophy of of need more, you know, the best player available for a need more than uh, just who the top-rated player. Can you do that more, though, when you are a set team like you were at the Cowboys or were built into a team like that where you didn't have as many holes? Well, we, But they we, had holes at first, though, I, right? I, was like, getting like, at. I forgot while I was talking. I was like, wait a minute, they did. Yeah. They, they like, yeah, 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 we, you guys were full of holes. And we tried to balance it out. Uh, we, we, You know, by that, I mean, we always tried to get uh, three or four three guys at least at each position, you know, and, and to make sure that your roster wasn't overloaded in, in one position because, you know, injuries and so forth, you're going to come up short. So, um, no, we uh, – I don't ever remember taking a player anywhere because everybody had him rated as just the best player. You know, and that's just – again, that's just a different philosophy. Different people do it different ways. Draft change to seven rounds in 1994. So, prior to that, man, it felt like there were just – Dozens and dozens of. Hey, of I was a fifteenth round. Pick. Uh, man, see, well, so I was what? I was an eighth round pick then, because I was an undrafted free agent when the draft <laughs> moved to to seven rounds and went to the Detroit Lions. And let me get some of the uh, some of the business out of the way here. We are broadcasting live from the Hyundai Score Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. If you shoot us a text, which folks are already doing, you can hit us up on the text line at three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven the tech zone is brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin save time and shop online at rosenhyundai.com the score listener line is powered by BetQL bet smarter and beat the books download the BetQL app today or visit betql.com if we do get any breaking news which 
maybe an hour or so before we came on the air, a couple hours ago, there was some breaking news. Breaking news on the score is brought to you by Beat the Streak Podcast. Get an inside edge on how to win the $5.6 million prize every day this baseball season. Listen on Odyssey or wherever you get your podcasts. And the 30th anniversary, the EOC Audio Chicagoland's leader in home automation and audiovisual systems. Of course, all the guests, which we have a great, a slam bang, if you will. I'm trying to uh, age myself since I'm on here with Coach. A slam bang, a, a, a whamzinger of a guest lineup tonight on The Score. Guests join us on The Score Hotline presented by Circle Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We will, in just a few minutes, talk to Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Senior Bowl. Later in the show, we will talk about offensive line, SEC talent with Cole Kublick of the SEC Network. Our guy, Hub Arkish, back talking some NFL draft. Cannot wait to talk to Hub later in the show. And Bucky Brooks of the NFL Network. You will see him. You will hear him all over the draft coverage this coming Thursday, Friday, and Saturday as it all plays out. But you will get Bucky Brooks with us right here this evening. So we got a loaded show tonight, guys. Before we uh, we take a break to get to Jim Nagy in a few minutes, so you guys started to talk about the, the comparison with Coach's time in Dallas and, and comparing where that early time with the Cowboys is where the Bears are at in the mm-hmm. infancy of trying to build this thing right now. Of course, they traded down from number one to number nine. Do you, Patrick, think that it's – is it likely? Is it plausible? Would it be a good idea if the Bears continued to move from nine? I'm of the impression that dropping out of the top ten, certainly for positions of need that the Bears have, I think it would be risky to continue trading down out of the top ten because you lessen the possibility of getting a blue-chip Prospect. I, I believe Ryan Pohl should stay at number nine. Do, do you think it's it's plausible, likely? Would it be a good idea for him to continue to trade down from? You know, I, I'm I'm on your side with that as well, but I would not be upset if he did trade down, just because mm-hmm. there are so many holes. You can find blue chip players that aren't rated college blue chip players. They mm-hmm. turn into pro blue chip players <laughs> later in rounds. Charles Tillman, Lance Briggs, guys that I played with, Mike Brown. Um, you can find them later, but you know, is that harder to do? I don't know, but. So I, that being said, I would not be upset if he did trade down. I wouldn't be surprised. I'd be like, okay, let's see who he gets, and then it might take a year or two to find out if these guys grow into these players that can make a difference. But if I'm the GM right now and I have somebody I'm really high on at number nine, I want to take him. I would take him right now. Uh, Coach, you were talking about all the moves that you guys made yeah. so much in the time with Jimmy there in Dallas. I mean, I, I, I said trade down. I guess it's still possible the Bears could even trade up. Do you think it's likely they stay at nine? Yeah, I think they could go either way. I mean, now – I, I just have a strong feeling. I hope they take a defensive lineman. I mean, I don't think they're – does their offensive line need to be improved? Sure they do. But I don't think they're as bad as as what the perception might be. I mean, we got a lot of young guys on that offensive line that I think can improve, and I think they will improve. You know, now do we do – we, we added uh, what? One one is a free agent. Uh, you know, we, we could – we, we could draft one at some point, one or two of them. I think we have to, and uh, that will improve us. But defensively, guys, we were last in the league. In sack. I mean, our safety was our leading sacker, Brisker. I mean, that's that's hard for an ex-defensive coach to sit here and say we don't have to take a defensive lineman in the, in the first round. But w- moving down, would that kill me? No. We can move down and get a couple edge rushers. Or get a big tackle. I mean, there's we. I don't want to get into names now, but I can give you four guys 
that I would draft right now, later on in the first round. They'll come in. As long as they come in and line up and play for you, if you take them in the first round or second round, who cares? You know what I mean? It's The media talks about it, but at the end of the day, you want guys that are going to play for you and are going to play at a high level. And, and you know, it's easier said than done. And, and I'll kind of probably think of a story as we get onto different topics, but the one draft, in fact, Jimmy and I were talking about it two days ago, we had an agreement made up. I was sitting in, we were in the draft room, and Jimmy was talking to Joe Gibbs of the Washington Redskins. Hmm. And uh, we had an agreement that they wanted our pick. And we have, and what every draft team will do, okay, even if you're working on a trade, you have what they call your bullpen. And you'll have a, a small group of guys. Generally, it's four guys. And you'll start off the draft with those four guys. And as they get picked, you move somebody else up into the bullpen. So that when it's a pick before you, before you get on the clock, you better have three or four guys there and one in a pecking order that you will take, okay? Now, because you never know. Even yeah. if you have a guy there you kind of like, somebody may call up and, and, and offer you 10 picks. You don't know. So you're always ready to trade. You always have to have your bullpen ready. Well, what happened to us is Jimmy and Joe Gibbs had an agreement. And uh, we were on the clock, and we were getting their guy – uh, we were going to make the trade. Uh, they were going to come down to us. We were, I'm sorry, they were going to move up for our pick. We were moving down. And at the last minute, on the clock, and I'm talking about the last minute and a half, the owner of the Redskins comes in and tells the general manager, Charlie Casserly and Joe Gibbs, we're not trading that pick, and I don't <laughs> want to talk about it. And And Joe gets on the phone literally with seconds, under a minute, and says to Jimmy, Jimmy, I don't know what to tell you. Our owner just came in and stormed out and said, we cannot make this trade. So we ended up drafting. And, and I asked Jimmy because I forgot. I said, who the heck did we draft? He says, well, our, Alvin Harper was – Harper, I'm sorry, out of Tennessee, a wide receiver. Mm -hmm. He was the next guy on the board. We needed a wide receiver to compliment Michael Orvin. So we took Alvin Harper. He ended up being a good player for us. But – that's how close, and we had it locked in. And Jimmy and Joe Gibbs had worked together before. They coached together at Arkansas. So they were not right. just – they were friends. This thing was – a, and he said, it's a done deal, Joe. You know, we're swapping picks. We're good. And the owner changed it within a minute. You've been in a, a fair amount of organizations in the NFL. How many times or how many draft rooms is the owner – I know they have the right to say whatever they want. They own the team. But how often do they come in there and they pull that? I was going to. No, I, I don't there. think I don't think very often, you know, because you, you, uh, Ryan Poles, whatever might happen, I guarantee you, he's sitting down right now with with George, and and he's going through everything, saying, George, now we got this ninth pick, and these are the guys we really like, but if for some reason they're all gone, and somebody offers something, you know, we're we're looking at moving down and getting through, so. That's how it usually happens. You know, now in Washington, it was Mr. Cook at the time, you know, who was yeah. the old original sure. one, of the sure. original owners there. And uh, so I don't know. I don't know how that thing unfolded, but that that did happen. The man who gets his hands on these draft prospects before most of the NFL teams do is Jim Nagy from the Senior Bowl. He's down there in Mobile throughout the week. He puts them in touch with the prospects. He sets everything up. He and all the other folks from the Senior Bowl organize everything that takes place throughout that week. Let's take our first time out. We'll come back. We'll get to talk to Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl, to get their little sponsor plug in there as well, and get to talk to him specifically about some of these prospects. And there's already folks 
on the text line asking about Jalen Carter. Now, even if Jim Nagy didn't necessarily have Jalen Carter there in Mobile, but he talks to every scout, every personnel director, every GM around the National Football League, and Bears fans have been curious for weeks about the what if. What if Jalen Carter drops to the Bears? That and a bunch of other things we'll be able to get into with Jim Nagy. We will do that next on Chicago Sports Radio. Six. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries. So that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. 70 to score. Taylor Daniels would like to, but Jalen Carter's got him again. Did you see that at the end of the play? Yes, he lifted him yes. up with one hand. My, oh my. I'll tell you, I think he's the best non-quarterback draftable player. But look at him fight through two people. And then watch this. Lift him up. With one hand. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's like, I'm going to be the number one draft pick right there. Come Thursday night, will be the types, prospects that everyone will be hoping for in that name. And they were uttering right there on ESPN. Thanks to them for the sound there. Jalen Carter, guy was a playmaker at the collegiate level for the Georgia Bulldogs. He's going to be making plays for somebody in the NFL. How high will it be and who will be willing to take him? Let's go out to the Circuit Resort and Casino in Las Vegas hotline, home of the world's largest sports book, and get the thoughts, get the homework that's been done by Jim Nagy, the executive director of the Reese's Senior Bowl. You can find him on Twitter at Jim Nagy underscore SB. Jim, you got Anthony Heron, Patrick Manley, and Dave Weinstead. How you doing this evening? I'm doing great, fellas. Thanks for having me on. Really appreciate you joining us, man. The the conversations that you have for for weeks and months leading into this time of year, now that we're actually to the week of the draft itself, and teams have been doing so much homework on all these top prospects, what is draft week normally like for you at this point? Does it finally kind of calm down, or is everybody trying to get the last little tidbits and nuggets that you might be able to offer? Yeah, you know, this is uh, people always ask if I miss working in the NFL, and this is really like April is the month where I miss it. Um, I miss, I'm sure Coach misses being in those draft meetings and just the final April stuff where you're pulling it all together, pulling in all the coaches' emails in with the personnel department. So I, I miss this, but uh, yeah, it's a lot of time on the phone. 
um, because I'm talking to the agent community and, and talking to different teams. So just, just trying to share information. And, you know, a lot of guys, it's just, it's just friends talking, right? So um, I never try to pry into what they're doing. Um, you know, I usually try to talk to teams about, like, the positions they don't really need. Like, if you're not a quarterback needy team, I'll talk to you about the quarterback group and, and hopefully get a, you know, a pretty good assessment of it. And you do that with enough teams and enough positions, you get a, you get a good feel overall. But I, I, never want, I never want my guys to feel like I'm, like, prying into their business. Hey, Jim, before we get into prospects, I want to ask you about the coaching staff changes you did for the Senior Bowl. Years past, I think Coach Wanstatt was on a, on a team, or, you know, an NFL team that goes down there and coaches the Senior Bowl. Now you have guys who are kind of coaching one up, like Luke Getze was the head coach. I think Charles London was the offensive coordinator for the same team. Why, would, why did that come about, and, and are you happy uh, that you guys did that? Yeah, it was uh, really it was a decision made by the league office. I'll, I'll be really honest; I wasn't happy with it at all when uh, when I got that phone call from the league office about it. Uh, you know, we we've been getting the full coaching staff for seventy three years, so um, it was just something I thought it was a really cool benefit to our players. But uh, you know, to have a whole staff down there, a whole operation. Now it did this year. It made things a lot more difficult on our end operationally when you you, you don't bring a whole. You know, you're not bringing a whole football operation. You, people think it's just the coaches, but it's the video staff, it's the trainers, it's the equipment guys. So we kind of had to piece up, piecemeal all that together. So that was a little more challenging. But you know what? After we we went through it with, with Luke and and uh, Patrick Graham, the, the D coordinator of the Raiders, was the head coach of the other squad. Man, it was really a fun week. Um, you know, I think the coaches really enjoyed it. They were excited. It was mostly younger coaches. Um, we had a number of. I think, gosh, we had four or five Bears coaches. Uh, Ryan Poles was really good to us. He nominated a bunch of guys and, and uh, you know, gosh, Borgonzi and the linebackers coach. And um, we had a special teams coach. So uh, a lot of guys, but no, it was really good. It was really good. Our players, rather than I think the upside for our players now, and that's kind of how I think about everything for our game is rather than just be exposed to two teams down here in Mobile for the week, um, we had 16 teams on the two coaching staff. So they're exposed to uh, a lot more than just a couple teams. And, and hopefully that'll help them here uh, at the end of the week. Hey, hey, Jim, Dave wants that here. What's your, uh, we appreciate you jumping on here, y- your criteria for picking a kid to play in the senior bowl now. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of changes. Like Pat uh, mentioned, I, I coached in it w- one year when I was with the Bears, but I attended it for about 15 years straight. Uh, you know, things have changed, obviously. What's your, your criteria right now for picking a kid to play in the senior bowl uh how do you how do you structure that what what is it right now i'm just curious myself yeah, I'm coach, sure. it, yeah i i i totally understand the question um it's it's best player coach and and i'll say this the senior bowl has been a great game for a long long time we're getting ready to go in our 75th anniversary game this next year in 2024 um but you know when when i got here five years ago there wasn't really a scouting process or um, wasn't really a football operation. So we, what we've done is, you know, I'll try to be as succinct as I can. Um, every year we restaff it um, in terms of guys out on the road um, and usually get guys that get let go at different clubs. We've had a couple former Bear Scouts. We had a former Bear Scout on our staff this year. Um, and they're all over the country. And we're at games every Saturday. Um, we get the tape from the NFL Dub Center, and then they can, they can download it um, through the cloud and watch all the tape and go to the games on Saturdays and, and, you know, just trying to do it the right way, trying to have a real process, you know, rather than just relying on, you know, college coaches recommendations or the agent community or or things of that nature. Like we, I really felt like it was important to do our own work. Um, And then obviously like we're, we're building these rosters for the 32 teams. 
And so the last last phase of the process, once we once we get a good handle on, on the country and the board, um, usually around the first of November, the first eight, nine weeks of college season, then I'll get on the phone with, uh, you know, use my relationships in the NFL and get on the phone with like, you know, it's usually about half the league, 16, 17, 18 teams and just go position by position. And I do that with the Bears guys. You know, Ryan Poles and I worked together for four years in Kansas City. Um, and we just go position by position. And I tell them who are the guys we like at every spot and, and, and make sure we're on the same page with them. And it's just a really good back and forth. So we end up with uh, with the players that the league wants to see. And, again, like if it's, if it's a group of five players, um, if, if it's a three-year starter at Illinois – against a kid that's a you know an fcs level player at, at montana or north dakota state if it's a really close then we'll go with the smaller school player just because the league the league needs to see that guy against mm. a, a different level of competition but uh but no the end goal is just to bring the best players that, that's interesting and it seems like it, it really serves a purpose for the nfl then and that's really the goal of the game to feature the prospects but then also to to kind of service the nfl and the evaluation prospect uh, process here. Continuing our conversation with Jim Nagy from the Reese's Senior Bowl, and you know a guy like Aditamo Adabari out of Northwestern, a defensive lineman. It feels like the the pre-draft process between the end of his time at Northwestern and every step along the way between being there in Mobile and going to the combine and everything in between leading up to this week has gone as well for Adabari as it feels like it could have. I'm wondering when you when folks ask you about that portion of the evaluation, a guy who who has shown a physical profile that maybe goes beyond the productivity he had in college. What was out of time Barry able to show in mobile and what are some of the conversations you've had with teams about him? Man, that rolled off, that rolled off your tongue better than it has for mine. The last. Year. <laughs> I think he just wanted to ask that uh, question because he's been practicing that name all week. That's all it was. Dude, that was pretty is, good. That is impressive. That is impressive. So no, out of time he's, he has, he's crushed the process. Um, so I'll take you back to like November. Um, what's really made um, things a little different the last couple of years is the extra COVID year in the transfer portal and, and you know, the extra year and everything. Um, what we never want to do is we never want to like send invites out and like really encourage guys to leave school early if they're, if, if the schools are trying to keep them. Right. Um, and so I, I called Pat Fitzgerald and I know at a time I had another year left. Um, and I just talked to him like, Pat, what, what's the plan for this guy? Um, and you know, they did want to keep him. Um, but they, you know, Pat Fitzgerald, I've got, I've, I mean, I don't respect a, a college coach more in the country than, than Pat Fitzgerald known him a long time. He does an incredible job and he wants what's best for his players. Um, and we had that conversation of where at a time it was kind of projected to go. And, and I just told him if, if we brought him down here to the senior bowl, he'd be playing three technique. Um, you know, he played mostly on the edge there at Northwestern, and I, I, I personally didn't see that as his home at the next level. Um, and so, you know, he comes down here, and he's, you know, 284 pounds or whatever, and, I, you know, Pat said the goal was to get him to 295 and play him in there at three technique next year. If he came back to college, that's what he would have been full-time. Um, so, like, you never want to say, like, throw out the college tape, and I'm not trying to, like, you know, prop up the senior bowl that, that it's, it's, you know, that much more important than college film, but – and at a time of his case, it kind of is um, because it's really it was his one first full exposure at that position. You know, you guys know this. I mean, that's a that's a different world in there as opposed to out there on the edge. Um, and to see a guy in his first full time, you know, at that spot, he got voted defensive lineman of the week by that team's offensive line. And that that team's going to have, you know, that that offensive line crew on that national roster is going to have 
six to eight guys go in the first two rounds of the draft, and, and they voted him the defensive lineman of the week, which tells you something. And uh, I've said this before about it. Tom, well, like the, the term freak um, is thrown on way too loosely these days, but when you got a guy that's 280-plus pounds running four four nine, literally faster than every safety of the combine except like four or five of them, um, and he's got 34-inch arms, like that's, that's pretty freaky. So if you just focus on what he did in Mobile in those, you know, three days of practice, um, I mean, the sky's the limit. I mean, the guy, you, you project that guy to be a Pro Bowl player. So I've been asked, is he going to make it in the first round? I mean, it, it, from where we were in November to now, I mean, it seems like a big jump. But, man, you get a guy running four four nine with 34-inch arms and 290 pounds and, and can rush the passer, I mean, that's, those guys are hard to find. Jim, you know, there's a big uh, need up here in Chicago for O-linemen. One of them down there was Darnell Wright, the, the right tackle from Tennessee. Can you give me your breakdown about him and how he was down there? And does he project to be a good pro, a good teammate? Obviously, he's got the physical skills. But what did you see from him? Yeah, you know, it sounds like Paris Johnson from Ohio State might be a guy that might be out of that range at nine now. So you might be staring at a guy like Darnell. If, if uh, Most teams I talk to right now, Paris Johnson's like the number one guy. Um, they're different players. Paris is more of a, a true left. He's played some guard. Uh, whereas Darnell, the, the the interesting thing about the Darnell eval was, we did him last we did him last summer off the junior tape, and we had a late round grade on him. Um, I went up there to speak to the team in August, and uh, he wasn't even a guy that I asked Josh Heupel to to sit sit down with um, at the time. That's I mean that's how low he was on the board. Um, didn't think he would he would be in the Senior Bowl, and then they move him from left to right, and and he almost looked like a different player. Like credit to his coach, credit to Darnell for putting in the work, but. He just looked a lot more comfortable, much better with his hands. Um, everyone note points to the Alabama game against Will Anderson where, where Darnell made a ton of money, and that's deservedly so. I mean, he, he played great in that game, but he really played well the whole season and, uh, you know, came down here, had a great week in Mobile, and he, he's just – I wouldn't draft him to be my left tackle because what I've seen over there, it wasn't, it wasn't great. Um, but I would draft him to be my starting right tackle next year. Um, and he looks like a guy that could go to Pro Bowls at right tackle. So um, you got your two guard spots locked up. Ryan went out and got Nate Davis, and and uh, so you're good at guard. And you draft this guy. You give you give uh, Braxton Jones another year at left tackle, a guy we had in the Senior Bowl last year to to grow another year. And you get Darnell in there, man. You're 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 rolling a little bit. So uh, I think he would be a good pick. People have asked, is nine too high? I don't think it is. If you're convicted on the player is going to be a day one starter and, and, and be a long-term fix at a position, I, I don't think that's too high. Yeah. What, um, what about, you know, the, the kid that I've been intrigued, the Reed kid, the receiver punt returner from uh, Michigan State. Yeah, Jaden Reed. Yeah, Jaden Reed. Do you remember him? Did he do uh, – did he jump at you a little bit? I mean, I you know, for a couple of years at Michigan State, I, I really thought that every time he touched the ball, he – you know, he had a chance to be a difference maker. Did he do? Yeah, did he, he jump he out did, coach. Did he? Yeah, he did. He's another guy. He got voted the the receiver for the week on his team by that team's DB group. Um, and he 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 beat up on your Pitt Panthers a couple of years ago in the bowl <laughs> game. <laughs> I went I went back I went back and rewatched that. He had a couple of red zone touchdowns in that game that were um, big boy touchdowns. I mean, to, to me, what makes J, what makes Jaden a little different than some of these guys being talked about, you know, on that fringe of the first round, the, the Jordan Addisons, the, the Zay Flowers, the Josh Downs. I mean, this guy's legitimately five eleven. He's he was five ten six, so he's he's five ten and, and six eighths. He's right at five eleven. He's you know one hundred ninety five pounds. He, he's sturdier than those guys, and he's quick and fast. 
He's dynamic with the ball in his hands. Yeah. He's a really natural punt returner. He can do both. He can do kicks and punts. So yeah. he's got legit return value. He can play inside and outside, whereas those guys are mostly just slots. Um, so he brings a lot to the table. And, and you know what? They didn't have a great year in East Lansing. I think that can always affect a player stock a little bit, you know, depending on what a team does. Um, but to me, it's hard to find playmakers. And, and Jaden Reed's a playmaker. And, and right now, I think he'll probably go at the end of the second. Um, I think he'll go somewhere in two. If not, it's, it's not going to be long in the third round. But, but just a guy that hasn't been talked about a lot. It's just a, a really good football player, man. He's, just, he's one of those guys that um, he makes stuff happen. Whenever he gets a chance, and he didn't get a ton of chances this year at Michigan State, uh, his numbers were down. I think he had 1,000 yards as a junior, um, about half of that this year. But, man, he, he can make plays for you. Yeah, he reminded me of a guy that I drafted, Bobby Ingram, who actually played, yeah. played in the Senior Bowl. Good player. And, uh, you know, from Penn State. Another really big, good, Yeah, really good player, yeah, Coach. That's a good comparison. I, I like that one. Punts, kickoffs. Okay. Right, really versatile receiver. Before we let you run, Jim, curious about, you know, we've been talking about Jalen Carter here in Chicago a lot, and just more broadly, the the off-field conversation with some of these prospects. You know, you get a chance to get to know them more so in Mobile, and so I'm sure that that's the type of thing that a lot of folks try to get a sense for from you. How well are you able to get to know these prospects once they spend that week in Mobile, and how does that end up enhancing the way that you can discuss them with teams? Yeah, it, that's a great question. It varies. Uh, it certainly varies. You know, some guys, we I go out and do some in-person invites now for the small school kids. Like I went up to Fargo to North Dakota State this year and, and gave one to Cody Malk, their, their left tackle, who's another guy I think should be on the Bears' radar. I think he's the only he's the, the only true five-position player in this draft on the offensive line. Um, so those guys, they get to know, you know better than others. But I, I do make a point to try to connect with every player during the week while they're down here, whether it's at breakfast or, you know, coming off the practice field or on the bus on the way up to practice. It's, it's important for me to have a relationship with those guys because to me, they're our best recruiters moving forward. I want them to have a good experience down here. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's what a lot of the conversations are right now. And, and uh, you know, Jalen Carter, I mean, I was talking to a, a coach in the league um, that met with Jalen and, and I think, you know, he's not that much different than a lot of these defensive linemen, man. Like that's what he said. The coach is like, man, he's a D lineman. Like we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out. Like he's not a criminal. He's, he's not a bad person. Um, you know, some of these big guys, they, they, they've got some lazy tendencies and not all of them love football to the level that you want them to love football. But um, you know, you get them in the light, right locker room, the right D line room. If there's strong enough leaders in there that help bring him along, I think he's going to be fine. Um, but there are concerns for sure. But, uh, if there weren't some of that stuff, you know, you would, as a Bears fan base, you wouldn't even be talking about Jalen Carter because I didn't do a ton of homework on him. He obviously popped on tape over the last couple of years when we were doing the Georgia defensive players. Um, but talking to guys in the league, like it, it's him, B. John Robinson, Bryce, Bryce Young, seem to be like the consensus top three most talented guys in the draft. So if Jalen didn't have that stuff, man, he, he wouldn't even be in the conversation for Chicago. So um, you might be lucky if he falls to you. We could do this all night with Jim Nagy. Really appreciate all the detail. And, and hopefully we kind of have a, a smooth sail for you then in the Thursday night. Hopefully that means this week will be fairly calm for you, man. Thanks for your time. Yeah, I appreciate you having me on, guys. Great that job, is. Jim. Thanks, Thank Jim. Jim Nagy of the Reese's Senior Bowl. We'll take a time out and come back. Well, one thing I, I was mentioning the other night, I kind of power ranked my, my positions of most need for the Bears. Really curious what Patrick and Coach Weinstead think about that. Where should the Bears be targeting? What is it most important? 
for them to try and draft early and who knows, perhaps often when we get to Thursday and through the weekend. We'll talk about that next here. The NFL Draft Special on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Let's get back to more. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Scores Draft Preview Show with Anthony Heron, Dave Wonstead, and Patrick Manley. Brought to you by Revolution Solar, proud partner of the Chicago Bears on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And always live on the free Odyssey app. Right now, it's... We get the sense of we gotta we gotta fix everything right now, and the opportunities are be limited. But I feel comfortable with between the rest of free agency, we're only two days into it, um, as well as in the draft that we can get that group as good as we possibly can. And at the same time, there are gonna be some weak spots on our roster that we can't fix everything, but we are gonna stay flexible to do the best we can to get better. And then. Again, if you go from a short-term thinking of we got to do everything right now, you extend that out and do things the right way, over time we'll be able to heal up all of those positions. Bears general manager, Ryan Poles, just, uh, I suppose, reminding the media that perhaps everything won't be, all the ails of the Bears won't be cured by the time you get through the NFL draft, perhaps not by the time you get through this offseason. They seem to be taking a rather patient approach to to how to build this roster. And I guess in theory, that should increase the, the way they can accurately go about it by not feeling like they're taking big, big risks here. But I, I, when I was saying it the other night, I was talking about which positions I thought were were most important, maybe most dire for the Bears to value. I kind of did my top three, and I said offensive – or no, actually, I, I said defensive line was number one, offensive line number two, and I actually put running back number three. Just looking at going into this weekend's draft, where did I think the Bears, where it was most important for them to get guys coming out of this draft and perhaps get them early in this draft, I felt D-line one, O-line two, running back three. I'll start with you, Patrick. What what would you see as the Bears' biggest need? How would you kind of power rank their needs? So I wrote down five of them. So I have O-line, D-line, O-line, D-line, corner. <laughs> but so me being a former four. O-line, no, right? I just right. I, I want protection for Justin Fields. I want him to develop. I want him to have more weapons around him. Uh, it's just been unfortunate to watch some of the games and see him have to play out there with, with lesser talent than some of these other quarterbacks have, and they're struggling scoring points, and I think that's not fair to him. And obviously the D-line needs a lot of work. they got Billings and Walker to come in and help but they still need some edge rushers. So that, that to me, is a huge hole there. And then corner as well, because Jalen Johnson could be gone. And then you need three corners to play in the league now. You need a nickelback. You need two corners. You get three guys there. You could solidify that defensive backfield to be one of the better ones in the league if you can get a, a good corner there for your third corner, and they'd be young. And then maybe you re-sign Jalen Johnson. If not, you let him walk, and then you save money with him and maybe draft someone else. But – that's my that's my needs. So it's it's five needs, but two of two of the same position. <laughs> that's how I, much they need. I like that. Again, that reminds me of a story. Okay. Uh, when I we I, like that. Here we go. I, when I when I left the, uh, I not many people realize I left the University of Miami, the Hurricanes, and Coach Shula hired me, and I was with the Dolphins for six weeks before I went to the Cowboys with Jimmy. Uh, 
uh, when I went up and I, Coach Shula hired me uh, at the Dolphins, he said, you know, Davis, it's going to be different from college. He said, but there's one big difference in the NFL compared to college. He says, in the NFL, the three most important people in this building, number one, it's your owner. Number two, it's your owner. And number three, it's your owner. <laughs> so so when, Pat's, when Pat said O-line, D-line, O-line, D-line, I, I kind of had a flashback of Coach Shula. Yeah. lecture me, give him one of my first uh, – Understand who who's important around here. Uh, now, with that being said, my list would be defensive line, offensive line, and I would go corner. I think what yeah. Pat said makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, I, I look at this a little bit differently, maybe. And and I've talked to several offensive line coaches around, and you know, with what they're doing in college now, what they're doing in high school now, you could even take it down there. You know, the people are throwing it. People aren't putting their hand on the ground. People aren't running the ball. You're limited on how many days you can wear pads in, in with the OTAs. You're limited on how many days you can hit in training camp. You're limited on how many days you can hit during the season. The position that you need to wear pads and practice full speed to develop more than any position is offensive line. I mean, it's a fact, guys. I mean, that's just the way it is be, because they're technicians and, and the feet and the hands and all those things are so important. So I look at drafting now by saying, you know, if I was in the Bears, I would try to sign, and, and I'm sure they did. I, I, I think you sign veteran guys and put them on that offensive line, as many as you can get, and draft the defensive linemen. Young defensive linemen can come in and play, and, and they're, gonna have, they're gonna be healthy, and they're gonna have an advantage with the speed, and speed makes up for inexperience, speed makes up for mistakes. So, you know, yes, do we need to improve our offensive line? Sure we do, but I, uh, I would go defensive line, defensive line, offensive line, hmm. and <laughs> then corner. That's how I would look at it. And I'm just curious to see how much Braxton Jones will take that step from year one to year two. Yep. If yep. Tevin Jenkins can stay healthy now playing guard from year one to year two of playing guard. Um, and, you know, I just remember being in a locker room, how different it was being my rookie year with you, Coach. I was swimming every day. I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> I was just lucky to make it to Soldier Field on Sunday and get through right. the game and not make a mistake. But then that second year, I was like, all right, I fit. I know how to do this. I know how to practice. I know how to eat. I know how to work out. And I made a big difference and started to become a better pro. And that's, you know, just being a long snapper. But I think a lot of players from that year one to year two can make a giant leap. And I hope they do because that's two young linemen. Yes. That, you know, one you drafted high, the other one you, you got maybe with a steal in the fifth round, that maybe they do take that jump and help this offensive line. A absolutely. And, and they, they've had a good year, like you say, Pat. I mean, under their belt to, to learn the system, to, uh, you know, weight room, eating, everything that goes along with that. So, yeah, I think they'll get better. I, I don't see as big a urgency as maybe some people do with the offensive line. I really don't. Uh, you know, the, for, for a young line, which we have, the best thing you can do for a young line is run the football. I mean, who would ever dream that we were going to lead the NFL in rushing? You know, mm -hmm. so those guys were blocking some people last year, and half of them probably, like, you just said, Pat, didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> and it, they, they were giving effort, and they were getting after them, and we had good schemes. And, and uh, so uh, that'll improve. That will just improve in my mind. Tonight's draft preview show is brought to you by Revolution Solar, proud partner of the Chicago Bears. I 
I referenced this on on the show earlier today. I was on with Dan and Lawrence, kind of talking about some of the stuff we'll discuss tonight. And I feel like between the two, where you know, there's almost universal agreement: D line, O line, the line of scrimmage. The Bears need a lot of work there. I feel like between the two position groups, I feel like you can you can get by with with more. I suppose I'll say average personnel on the O line, and if you've got a good scheme, good yep. coaching. You can scheme your way around not having a personnel advantage on the offensive line. More so, D-line, you need guys on D-line. You do need that that personnel advantage on D-line more so than I think you can get away with on the O-line. And you know what? A lot has to do with the scheme, too. I mean, a lot has to do with the scheme. Uh, Matt Eberflus, I mean, I've had long discussions with Matt, you know, and he, he told me when we were talking, he said, uh, you know, I was trying to get a feel. What are you going to do on defense? What are you? And he says, Coach, the simplest way to put it in your terms, it's a combination of what you did at Dallas and what Tony Dungy did at Tampa. Hmm. Were, and what that is is not much blitzing, guys. I mean, they, which really compounds not the problem, but compounds the importance of defensive linemen. I mean, you – you know, we we had a I had to force myself back in the day to call blitzes just to keep the percentages up a little bit <laughs> because we were making it happen with our guys up front. Uh-huh. And that when you look at what Matt Eberflus did at Indianapolis, that's really what he did: mix in and blitz about fifteen percent of the time, but the rest of the time it was multiple coverages. They got some great coverage schemes that they do here at the Bears, Matt and, and his coaches. And but you got to get after them up front, and when you're not getting them after after them up front, then you got to start blitzing. That's what they did last year, just out of survival. And I said it jokingly, but you know you end up with your strong safety being your <laughs> lead sacker, you got no chance. You got no chance. So, so you know, so so I think it's even more of an importance. To, now to you're get, convincing me. <laughs> you're making well, me turn. I'm going to change my mind for Thursday night. Well, we're no, going to the draft show. With well, I mean, it, and it's not like no. you said D-line didn't matter. No, it uh, and it's it's true, though, but I'm almost talking myself into it. Just looking at the roster of the D-line, there's no young guys that are that are going to grow on this. They're, they're going to be coming from this draft yeah. or free agents, you know, the college free agents. But the O-line has the potential to grow with the youth that they already have here. So, yeah, I'm talking myself into maybe – Making that D line pick or making more D line picks than, than O line picks. And, and see, there's in this scheme too. There's a lot of guys. We won't get into all the names now. I, I can think of three or four that I would move that are better. They can play tackles just as well as they can play defensive end or pass mm. rusher. You know, some of these big guys. Mm. I mean, so that so they have a little bit of flexibility that way. I would load up on them, and uh, I mean, we you know. L- Leon Lett, Cam, well, Cam Hayward, when the Steelers drafted right, him, yeah. I remember talking to Mike Tomlin about him, and he says, yeah, he's, he's an end. He's an end. That's, that's what he played at Ohio State. Well, he was there, and, Mike, and I remember you know, Mike saying, you know, God, we're, we're just not getting enough plays out of him. He says, we're going to move him inside the tackle. <laughs> Guy's been what? Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. You know, 10-year Pro Bowl player. Uh-huh. But uh, so, you know, there's a lot. I, there's some guys like that. Everybody's saying there's not enough defensive tackles. Well, you, you can move your man from Iowa. Help me out here, Ben, um, S. ben S. Move him yeah. to tackle. You got. I mean, I move Tyreek uh, Wilson. Move him to mm. tackle. You know, we drafted Leon Lett. He was six six something, and he was just a good player at end. We moved him to three technique. You couldn't block him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't. I'm getting a little bit off track here, but I, I just, yeah. I, I think you got to look at it, the scheme you're running and where these guys would fit in. And the the fit. 
specific to the Bears because there's some names folks have, have thrown around that I, I think certain guys might fit better in an odd front or might fit better as maybe yes. two gaps, that sort of thing, that doesn't suit exactly what the Bears are looking to do. We, we were mentioning the name Jalen Carter a little bit earlier. I want us to have that Jalen Carter conversation. One guy will be able to get a little bit more background on Jalen Carter to help sort of color that conversation will be our next guest here. Cole Kublik of the SEC Network, and you know, he's calling XFL games for ESPN right now. Everything under the sun that he does for them. But we'll be able to talk O-line with Cole. He's a part of the process where they pick for the Joe Moore Award every year. He's on that committee. But then also everybody in the SEC. And I mean, you're talking NFL draft. The SEC is where you're getting a lot of the players between them and the Big Ten. We'll take a timeout, come back, get on the line with Cole Kublik, get your thoughts also. We'll do all that and more here. Two hours to go on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.